Good morning. Well, I'm fighting my sinuses this morning pretty good, so I hope the Lord will let me <clears throat> speak in a voice that you can understand. Good to be back in the house of the Lord. I had a couple that I had a pretty good promise would make it this morning. So far, they hadn't been here, so pray for them. But I'm glad you're here. I hope and pray you've had a good week. I hope and pray the Lord has been good to you. He's been good to me. He's let me breathe his air. He's let me eat his food and drink his water. So praise his name for that. Might be turning to Romans chapter 6. I hope the Lord will have something for us in this this morning. One man said, if you hear my voice, you won't get much out of it. And that's what a way I feel. But if we can hear his voice, it'll be profitable to all of us. Amen. And I hope and pray that, uh, that we can do this. And uh, I'll be in chapter 6 of Romans, and I'll be, uh, I think I got further than this, but I want to start at verse 8 and maybe bring us up to speed. And uh, uh, you can't go wrong studying the book of Romans. It just don't matter what verse you start or what verses you, you, you read. You can't go wrong, but, and, I, and I understand you can't go wrong with any word of, the, of God. But the book of Romans is so clearly seen to me. And I'm not saying I know it all because I'm still, just, I'm still learning. But it's sure got some wonderful promises and it's sure got some really good routes for human people to take to find the Lord. And uh, it, 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 uh, the writer states clearly, clearly the will of God, what, what we are by nature, and what we are going to have to be by faith if we live eternally. And that's clearly seen in the book of Romans. And we'll, we'll be touching on some of that this morning. So reading verse 8, <clears throat> Now if we be dead with Christ, if we believe that we shall all... Uh, now let me start over. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. Let me stop there. That's not the end of the sentence. But we just sung a song a while ago. Oh, how wonderful. Oh, how marvelous. And... Uh, and the, and the brother that wrote that song, he, he just had each of those verses laid out of the way of salvation and what salvation gets for you when you're born again. See, and I've studied below, before, let me study again. <clears throat> if you truly get born again, according to the Bible, <clears throat> God, for Christ's sake, gives you eternal life. That's what, it's, that's what it's about. And we, uh, and we see that that's, uh, that's, thank you, that's given forth here in our lesson today. See? Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe we shall also live with Him. Now that verse might carry a couple of connotations to it, but, but what it carries for me is eternal life. You know, Jesus died 
that we could live. He died that you, you and I could live. See? It's like that song said. We just sung. He had no tears for himself. But he sweated drops of blood for me. That's what Jesus, and, and you know, that's what the Bible says. John 3.16, which I quote fairly often, for God so loved the world. See? <clears throat> and, and I know that if when we go out in the world, what few people even consider that, they think that we have merited God's love. I mean, you just talk to them, yeah, well, I do this and I do this for God. Me and God's on good terms. And come find out they're a Catholic. You're not on good terms with God if you're a Roman Catholic. See? Say, well, Mr. Pollard, are you a judge? No, I'm not a judge, but I read what the judge had to say. You see what I mean? So, so we shall live, also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. See, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. When he went to Calvary, what did he buy? He bought it all. Adam lost it all. See, when, when God... Uh, uh, when God said, Adam, I'm going to give you dominion over the cattle, over the fowls there, over the fish. I'm going to give you dominion over this. What God was saying, I'm going to let you manage my creation. I'm going to give it to you. <clears throat> but, but when Adam rebelled against God, when Adam rebelled against God, the devil took Adam and what he had. See? Now, now let, me, let me stop there and say something. When the United States defeated Germany in World War II, for instance, we not only overcame them militarily, we took what they had. I went over there after World War II, and everywhere that the Americans wanted to occupy, we occupied it. And there was nothing they could do about it. So that's the way the devil did Adam. When he defeated him, he took what he had. See? In fact, Jesus told, uh, uh, the devil told Jesus that at, when he tempted him, said, I'll give you all the kings of the world, of the earth, for they're mine to give whom I will. That was true. That was true. Now that don't make good philosophy, but that's true. But, but Jesus did not want it from the devil. He was going to capture it from him anyway through overcoming him on the cross. See what I mean? All right. So he died. He, he died once, but he's going to die no more. Not only did he conquer what Adam had, he conquered death. He said, I have power to lay my life down, have power to take it up again. And I think I said this last Sunday, let me repeat it. If he had power to take his life up again, he's got power to take mine and your life up again. Is that good? Not only 
Not only can he, but he will. See? He will. I think it'd be a good time to remind us what Brother Moyes told us a couple of years ago. If you will, he will. But if you won't, he won't. See? Everybody that believes in heaven wants to go. And you can go. But you got to do it his way. I've met quite a few people that wants to go to heaven their way. They want, well, I've been baptized. Well, I've joined the church. Well, is that, is that what this Bible says will get you in heaven? No, it isn't. Jesus said you must be born again. You must be born again. All right? Verse 10. For in that he died, he died into sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, that's what we're supposed to reckon. Like Brother Chris said a while ago, we reckon ourselves to be alive in Christ. See, now I know each one of us is alive in our flesh. I know that. I know you feel things. But, but you can also be alive spiritually unto God. See, he puts the Holy Ghost in your heart and, and lets you know something's happened to you. See, that lets you know that. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither, now who's he talking to here? Who's he talking to? He's talking to people who've been born again. See? Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as the instruments of righteousness unto God. See? So Paul is warning Christians about sin. Brother Bell I thought did a wonderful job presenting that. Uh, I believe it was last Sunday. You know, last Sunday, I believe it was, Wednesday night, last Sunday. And, and, and you know, when you get saved, and, and now if you're lost, you don't understand this. When you get saved, there's two people in you. <laughs> One you feel, when you, when you were born again, you felt released in your heart from something. Amen. You might not even know what it was, but you felt it. God done that to let you know something happened for you in heaven. See? Now, the atonement took place in heaven where the high priest is. But God put the Holy Spirit in you to let you know something happened to you. Right. See? Made you, made you feel light or whatever you felt. Made you love everybody and people you used to not like, you love now. That's what happened to me. But, but there's, another, there's another person in you. And that's the first Adam. He's still got some designs on you. See? You see what I mean? And the reason I'm presenting this and I, I missed it last Sunday, and I think I feel a need to kind of mention it again. 
We have people that gets their philosophy on certain things and, and you can't get them off of it. And I'm not criticizing them, but, but, but I like to take what the Bible says. And I don't put people down. I don't lift anybody up. I just like to take what the Bible says. Paul said, when I would do good, evil's always present. So what does that mean? Well, that means a Christian warfare. And most young Christians and most middle-aged Christians and most old, old Christians still don't understand that fully. See, what does that do for you? Well, what did it do for Paul? I like it in there where he says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. <laughs> that sends the point home to me. But, but you see, now, uh, and, and, and you know I related last Sunday going to the funeral of our, my friend's son that died fairly young, middle-aged, I'd say. And, and man, what a charade that was. But then we got people that says, <clears throat> well, I got saved and I ain't sinned since then. And if you don't, you're lost. Come on. What does First John say? What's first John? Was, was, was John writing to Christians or lost people? If we say we have no sin, what did he say? Save ourselves, the truth's not in us. It reminds me, that reminds me, I, when I was working for the highway department, I got to be a straw boss, kind of over, the, not the top man in, in our unit, but assistant. And I had a young man there, and he, <clears throat> he was uh, preaching for the Church of Christ. And uh, I had a vehicle, a state vehicle, and he didn't. And he was kind of our clerk. So uh, the boss asked me if I'd take him to the post office to pick up the mail. I was going down that way anyway. It was about eight blocks down there. And I said, yeah. So we got in the vehicle, and on the way down there, I said, Grover, are you still preaching heresy? And he looked at me, and his face got a little red, and said, uh, no, said, I'm preaching the truth. I said, really? I said, well, let me ask you a question, just me and you now, nobody, I'm not going to yeah. tell anybody. Yeah. I said, uh, do you sin? And he squirmed, and he, and so I had to ask him again. I said, do you sin? Now, now I, I'm making a point. Whatever he said, I was going to use 1 John on him. Whatever he said. 1 John said, if we say we have no sin, we're lying, the truth is not in us. Another chapter says, his seed remaineth in us and we cannot sin. Now, is John confused? No. <laughs> so, the young man went away frustrated. I don't remember what he answered. Whatever he answered, I took the opposite view out of 1 John. So, so I don't say that now. I don't say that for anybody that's saved to have liberty to sin. You don't. I mean, I mean, I mean you, got, you got, let me rephrase that. You don't have a right to sin. You have liberty if you do. But God will chastise his own. 
See, no chastening is. That's right. See, so so I wanted I wanted just to say what we're saying here. Verse fourteen: For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under the grace. See, now what's happened when you got saved? Does it does it it just mean that in your body you won't never say a bad word? Mean in your body you won't never criticize anybody? Don't mean that. In fact, let me uh, let me uh, work on that a little bit, if you don't mind. Go to Second Peter, chapter two. Second Peter, chapter two. <clears throat> I'm going to spend a little time here, if you allow me. Second Peter, chapter two, and I think brother, I think brother Bell has has been in here recently. But I, but I wanna I wanna just uh, look at this because I'm I'm I've got a lesson this morning on this, you know who are we in Christ? See, who are we in Christ? Now let me say this: when you get your new body, when the Lord comes, you won't have a warfare anymore. You won't have a warfare anymore. One man said. Wonder why it pleased God to leave us in the flesh after He saved us? I said, I don't know. You'll have to ask Him when you get there. And I don't know. But we do have this treasure in earthen vessels. All right, 2 Peter chapter 2. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring up Bring up on them swift destruction. All right, now what do false prophets do? Did Jesus say there would be any in our day? One man said, oh, them false prophets was way back there in the days of Elijah. I said, wait a minute. You're right, but they're here today too. When those apostles asked Jesus, says, show us what's going to be at the end of the world and and and." and and what's, what's the world, what's going to be the timeline for that? I'm paraphrasing there. The first thing he said, many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Now what he said in Oklahoma language is there's going to be a lot of them and they're going to be successful. And if you don't think they are, you run over to Life Church this morning and look. See what I mean? All right. Verse 2, and many shall follow their pernicious ways by the reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness they shall with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. What did that verse say? What did verse 3 say? Huh? Are they covet? Are they covet? My old preacher said many times, you take, the, you take the money out of religion, they'd be more ex-preachers than they are ex-convicts. See what I mean? They shall with feigned words make merchandise of you. Are they doing it? Are they doing it? See? <clears throat> Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. What's he saying here? He's saying they're not saved 
They're going to damnation. That's what he's saying. You see what I said a while ago? I'm not judging anybody. But the Bible is. So you want to be sure that you don't let some false prophet deceive you. Okay? Verse 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, and he didn't, but cast them down to hell and deceived them, I delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. See? Now I teach pretty often, God has got wrath for ungodly people. Right now, he's showing mercy. Can I say this to you personally? If you're here this morning, God's showing you mercy. He's showing you mercy. If he's saved, he showed you mercy when he saved you. If you're not saved, he's showing you mercy by having you, giving you an opportunity to get saved. See, God wants you to get saved. The church wants you to get saved. Jesus wants you to get saved, but he won't make you. He won't make you. He'll lead you, but he don't make you, all right? And, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. What? What? Why did God destroy them? Because of wickedness. Because they did not believe him. Noah, we believe, worked on the ark and preached something to them people for 120 years. And, as one preacher, say, as one preacher preached, God still made a custom built ark. He made it to hold eight people. But Noah preached 120 years to them. See? And that's what happens today. You preach, you preach, you preach, you preach, and people say, I don't believe I will today. I don't believe I will today. Well, these people said, I don't believe I will today for 120 years. You see what I mean? All right. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto them unto those that, that after should live ungodly. What did the Bible say for us that the overthrowing of Sodom and Gomorrah was for? Example. So, well, uh, what are you trying to say, Mr. Paul? I'm trying to say that God is going to burn this earth up with fire someday. You see what I mean? And according to uh, Revelation chapter 20, he is going to cast every unbeliever into the lake of fire. And the Bible says it burns forever and ever, day and night, forever and ever. Fire and brimstone. See? Now, I've had a few people, one or two, say you're teaching a mean-spirited God. Well, you just, you just take whatever you want to on that. But I'm telling you, you're judging God when you say a thing like that. Because his word is going to stand when the world's on fire. Okay? 
and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Now, if I wasn't in there, would you believe Lot was saved? Was justified man? No, I wouldn't have either. But the Bible says that he was just. Now, if you go over and read that account real closely, you find that when Lot went to his children, his, his sons-in-laws, he seemed as one that mocked. Does that sound like he was living an exemplary Christian life? The Bible makes no mention of him building an altar. And, and we don't know how long he was down there, but he had, he had sons and daughters. So you could safely, I believe, deduct that he'd been down there 20 years or more. Never built an altar to the Lord. But to me, ain't it wonderful that God don't burn none of his kids up? See? When I was growing up, I became rebellious pretty early. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to work. I didn't want to obey my parents. And my dad would chastise me. But he never did take me up to the county seat or the capital of Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, and say, this boy won't obey me. I want to disown him and change his name to Jones. I got to think about that. That's the way God is. You can get rebellious with God and he'll chastise you. But if you've been born again, you are safe in the arms of Jesus. And, and according to Ephesians, God didn't save me and you for ourselves anyway. He saved us for Jesus' sake. And I get a real clear message out of that when I read Isaiah 53. Okay. For the righteous man, righteous man? What the Bible says. For the righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Do you get vexed with some people around you? <laughs> See what I mean? I, I'm thinking of Brother Bell here when he mentions where he works. You see what I mean? And, and that's okay. You know? We're, Paul said if you, he said, uh, have not company with fornicators, but, but you'd need to go out of the world if you didn't all together. In other words, uh, and he went ahead and said, with such not to eat. That's in 1 Corinthians. That means don't eat the Lord's Supper. Don't mean go, don't eat with them over to the cafe, I think. But he said you must needs go out of the world. That means they're going to be here. All right? The Lord knoweth how to deliver the, the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under the day of judgment to be punished. 
Did you get that? God knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. And He does deliver us out of temptations. And to reserve the unjust unto the judgment, unto the day of judgment, to be punished. See? Now if you lost, that's what you need to pay attention to. See? Because if you're lost, punishment is sure. It's just a matter of when. All right? But chiefly them that walk after flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government, that's who rebels are, presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities, whereas angels which are greater in power and might bring not a rallying accusation against them before the Lord, but these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed Speak evil of the things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Verse 13, And shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to write in the daytime. We got anybody in America today that counts it pleasure to write in the daytime? Huh? Why do they do that? Why do they do that? They're rebellious. They're not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Okay? Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and heart they have exercised with covenant practice, cursed children, uh, which have forsaken, uh, let, well, let, wait a minute, yeah, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness and was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass speaking man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. Let me, let me refer you back to verse 14. Having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin. You ever know anybody that joined some church and they couldn't quit their old habits? Huh? See? Now, I'm back to Romans now. See? It doesn't say that a Christian can't sin, but it says you got power to break them habits that you used to have. You see what I mean? So, so, again, when we get the doctrine of the Bible, let's get it straight. And I'm not saying everybody that made a profession saved. I'm not saying that. But it's a good way to check yourself out. Have you been, are you able to break your old habits? Are you able to break the habits that was ungodly? See, don't mean that you don't slip up sometimes. You see what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'm not an example, and you know that. But I can be in church and have an evil thought. And I, and I ask myself, you don't hear me. I ask myself, where'd that come from? Where'd that come from? You see, 
And so I just want to get it straight. I don't, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want uh, Dr. Bottle Stopper's ph- uh, philosophies, and I don't want another man's philosophies. I want, I want what this had to say. And I hope I'm telling you like it is, because that's my intent. All right? And uh, like I said, I'm back in Romans now. And now I'm, let me read verse 14 again. For sin shall not have dominion over you. See that going hand in hand, I think, with what I read in Second Peter. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. See? God gives us grace. He gives us liberty from sin. See, now then your nature, although you could sin, you don't like it. That's right. And I found out when I have an evil thought, I need to stop right then and repent of it. Say, lead me not into temptations, but deliver me from evil. That's what the Lord taught me and you to pray. And he did that on purpose. All right? So, know you not, I'm about out of time, know you not that whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether you sin unto whether of sin unto death or of obedience or of obedience unto righteousness. See? Now, as far as I'm concerned, not as far as God's concerned, because God knows. But as far as I'm concerned, see, people could be saved and not act like it for a while. But I don't think people can say, I'm a saved person, but I'm just living in Babylon all my time. I don't think that fits the scripture. See what I mean? I don't think that fits scripture. Now, if we're using Babylon as a, as a place of sin, I want to flee it. And I'm not, even, I'm not even holy. I'm not holier than thou. I'm just saying that's what I want to flee. And if Christians come to church and you got that attitude, it's a good place to come to the altar and get rid of it. Because that's not where God wants us. See, God wants you caught up. All right? Know you not whom you yield yourself servants to obey? His servants you are to whom you obey. See? I think that goes hand in hand with Peter, what Peter had to say, don't you? See? Whether of sin unto death, unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. See? Some of us serve sin quite intently. But where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Right? See what I mean? But ye have obeyed from the heart. Did you get that? Not your mind, your heart. The form of doctrine which was delivered you. See? 
And if you're saved, that's what God did. That's what God did. Now, I understand, and I want and I, and I really want to, uh, uh, to leave this thought with you because I'm out of time. God delivered you from sin when you were saved. And the Bible says you will not come back into condemnation for your nature. See, because I just read to you. He gave us a new nature. See, we don't love the things we used to love. I've done related this, and I'm not trying to be an example. And I'm ashamed of it. Before I got saved, I used alcohol some. I got all alcohol in my icebox that I want. And you can go inspect it. I got all the drinking alcohol in my icebox that I want. I really don't want any. And I've had one or two occasions where it's been offered to me since I got cured from it. And I said, no. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. See? Now, I'm not bragging on me. Don't get me wrong. I'm just telling you what God did for me. And so, so I'm saying this morning, let's beware. See? Beware. Lest you fall. Not fall from grace, but fall from your steadfastness. See, and so I think that's the lesson that we're trying to get this morning. I hope and pray this has been a blessing to you. I, I say again, I did not talk down to anybody. I just say, if you're saved, stay with the Lord. I know some of us go out into the world and you've got to be real careful out there because they'll entice you. And all of us, have, all of us go to the grocery store. Now, some of us have jobs. That, uh, does, that, that demand that you uh, rub elbows with people out there. But don't be despaired. Just stand for God. All right? I thank you for listening to me this morning. May God bless you and bless each of us. And I hope and pray that you've had a good week and the Lord bless us through this one. All right. How many Bibles did we have this morning? Two. Everybody had a Bible. Amen. Thank you very much. We'll take an offering.